Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. Hello and welcome to the show. A great show, a terrific show, a tremendous show. Frankly, the best, ask anyone. That's what I'm hearing about Alicia Machado's sex tape anyway. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hello. And our guest this week is a familiar face to Blonde and I, and maybe to some of you as well, if you listen to our audio shows. Friend of the show, Bryden Proctor, fellow podcaster with his own show called Right to Bryden, editor over at uh, newmediacentral.net, and great godfather, yes, father of my uncuckening. If Blonde is the mother, Bryden Proctor is the father. So welcome to the show, dad, daddy. It's nice to have you here. (laughs) Good to talk to you guys. How's it going? Doing good. Too bad. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, and Brian's fresh off an appearance on Biggest Mikey's podcast, too, which I listened to yesterday. If you like Mikey's podcast, of course, he was with me on the call-in show on Wednesday. Head over there. You can hear uh, more with uh, with him and Bryden. A good time. A lot of laughs. I hope you guys keep working together because I enjoyed that. Uh, but no shortage of topics tonight. We'll break down the debate up top. Uh, I know you've done that about 20 times by now, Braden, but we'll still do it again. Who won, who lost, points earned, mistakes made. Uh, plus, we'll look at all the controversies coming out of the debate. Mean names from both candidates. You guys catch those stories this week? Mean names flying all around. We got basement dwellers. We got whether or not uh, pageant contestants were fat. We got C words allegedly said in 1988. All of these things to talk about. <laughs> the big issues. The big issues tonight. Uh, but. We will we'll get into that. Uh, we'll also talk about Trump's taxes, this big New York Times Trump, Trump uh, tax expose today. And I thought we buried Gary Johnson a couple of weeks ago, Blonde and I did, <laughs> but he's just not done. The zombie that is Gary Johnson's he's candidacy. talking. <laughs> so we will again bury Gary Johnson, the, the dead, rotting, festering corpse that has come out of the grave to haunt us again Poor guy poor guy yeah. come on come on so, uh, it'll be <laughs> well you'll like you'll like that when i show you the the gary johnson clips because there's kind of a there's a cut cameo in there it's really funny <laughs> um anyway uh, it'll be all this and more in your favorite hour of listening material thank you for liking the show on youtube thank you for reviewing the show on itunes thank you for keeping us afloat helping us upgrade stuff on patreon thank you for emailing us that's beauty in the beta at gmail.com. And remember, there's more of the show over on the audio platforms. That's iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher. Subscribe to those for free for bonus shows like past shows we've done with Bryden, both of us individually. Uh, and also the call-in shows I've been doing on Wednesday nights live on YouTube. You can catch those. Uh, if you can't catch those shows live, you can catch them over on the audio uh, platforms. And I have it on good authority that Blonde's going to be with me this Wednesday night doing the call-in show. So if you can't catch it live can't catch it live it's 9 p.m eastern time can listen to it after the fact uh but if you can be there live both blonde and i will be at your mercy so you might want to show up for that but that's all i got on with the show i wanted to start with um with debate recap but i feel like this has been talked to death so i'm pretty short with my review of it but i yield the floor if you guys want to talk about uh your debate thoughts I mean, I've talked about this ad nauseum with everybody. I actually thought we talked about it on the show last week. And then I was like, did that happen on Monday? It was night I've before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm good on this. It's up to you, Bryden. I, I, I mean, you could listen to anything that I've said about it uh, on any show or mine or any of that. And I'll just repeat the same thing as usual. During the first half an hour, you know, everybody agreed, oh, Trump was great. And right, then he right. started yelling. Well, most people turned it off after the first half an hour and they said, I still can't stand either one of these people. I'm watching football. I'm going to, you know, bang my wife and go to bed. They're just <laughs> normal people, you know. And uh, uh, after that, after the first half an hour, though, he won the soundbite game. 
because, you know, they're going to play time and time again these things of him saying like, oh, Secretary Clinton, is that good? I want, it's, it's important for me that you're comfortable, you know, things like that. And hmm. him going wrong, all of that over and over and just being the Trump that we adore. Uh, but the first half an hour, he seemed really well put together. Hillary got a couple zingers there. And if you notice uh, the crowd towards the end, they were like, OK, fuck it. The Hillary people were laughing and clapping. We're going to do it, too. So, you know, everybody has their plants in the audience and stuff like that. But he he did fine. He didn't do as bad as like CNN or USA Today says or anything like that. Yeah, it was a little cringy. I mean, I had a hard time watching it. There points. were a couple mm-hmm. cringe. I, th- I thought the, the temperament part was was a cringe cringy, moment. Yeah. I wish he yeah. wouldn't have done that. The, he, he left a lot of big openings uh, n- not taken advantage of like. The one right. I think of the most is when, okay, so there was cybersecurity. Like, come on, dude. Cyber, you're not going to hit Hillary hard on cybersecurity. That's gaping right, wide right. open. And then, of course, there was the stamina part. And Hillary's response is, well, when you sit through an 11-hour congressional hearing, then let's talk about stamina. Yeah. And why? what what was the nature? Uh, what was that I know. congressional why? hearing investigating? Yeah. Benghazi. And I'm not a huge Benghazi conspiracy theorist guy, but there were tons of, uh, and that's not to say nothing happened there either. But what I'm saying is there were tons of openings for him to take that he just, he, I think he let right. his ego get in the way. And he, and he I don't was know. All- I think this was more calculated. I think that he was really eager to show that he can practice restraint. And so he didn't say all the things that he could. But I also think he left very <laughs> wide openings about what he's going to talk about in debate two and speaking three. Of, and it got everybody talking about what those issues were that weren't addressed. Well, speaking of cringe too, the other thing, and I agree, I think he was, I think that was probably part of his coaching, but I can't stand when he says these things like, you know, I was going to say something really mean, something horrific, but you know, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I thought about that. saying that you come from a scumbag family with a rapist husband and that your daughter's <laughs> not yours. And he has a secret dad who's the, the male, mayor here. of Little Rock, but I'm going to take the high road. It, it's yeah. you either do or you don't. And I wish he would just kind of commit on that. I, I don't like this. No, no, no. See, he did that on purpose. He doesn't have to do that. Uh, he, he, he got you talking about it. We all knew what he was talking about, and he didn't have to say it, but we all That's knew. True. But why not just why not just say it? Why does he couch it in this like I was going to, but I'm not. But but I thought about it, and when I thought about it, this is what it was, but I'm not going to do it. Because he's virtue signaling. Yeah, maybe. It, it's 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 so that we would talk about it uh, because you don't want the sound clip of him saying it. He just heavily implied it. So he's the nice guy. And then that's when, you know, the Trumpkin warriors of Twitter go out and go, you know what he was talking about? Bill's a rapist. And then he didn't have to say it. We're on his side. The Internet is has built a wall around Donald Trump, like a suit of neck armor. It's awesome. And I think um, you spoke to a silver lining earlier, which is like if you had to pick between being stronger to start or stronger to close, you probably want to be stronger to start. Because to, To your point, most people are watching then. Oh, yeah. No, I, I I bet the ratings decline. I bet that more people see him up at the front than they do at the end. I would bet. I would definitely want to be stronger at the end in a debate cycle. No, no, no. In the in the this individual. Oh, in the individual individual gotcha. event, because I agree. The other silver lining is if if you could, I think the bar is we talked about last week how the bar for him in general is low, but I think his debate bar is still low after this. He's got opportunity to rise. And if you can rise throughout the debate season, that's good too. Right. So, right. And I don't think I mean, he might be doing that with where we want him because he's kind of still in the underdog position. And we don't want him to like really pull ahead right now because then the, the Hillary Clinton campaign is going to rally. And then that might put us in a really precarious position. So we want him trailing a few points until like two weeks before the, a week yeah. before the election, maybe even like days before the election. And Bryden, I heard you on Mikey's podcast and elsewhere talking about your strategizing slash predictions for Trump's debate performance in two or three. Do you want to, not that I, not that you haven't repeated yourself enough already, but I think those points are interesting. So I'd like to hear it. Yeah. Um, in the second debate, he's going to come out and be Kellyanne Conway's Trump. He's going to be very presidential, whatever the fuck that means. And then third one, he's going full savage. He's just going to be at that point. Hell, it's the last debate. Bring up Benghazi, bring up, you know, Clinton's, uh, uh history with women uh, all of that, I think, is going to come up in the third debate. But he's going to be so presidential. People are going to – their heads will spin, you know, uh, during the second debate. I think you're right, debate. yeah. 
It sounds it's like um, people are going to expect they're going to hear the sound bites from the first one. And they're, they're like, oh, I can't believe I, I went to bed. I, I shouldn't have done that. Now they're going to watch the second one and go, when's he going to flip out? When's he going to flip out? Oh, he didn't flip out. And then the yeah. third one. Savage. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we also have to keep in mind that Hillary Clinton's one of the most polished uh, politicians that, that exists. She's been in this, what, 40 years? And the fact that Trump can even compete with her at, with no political experience is kind of impressive in and of itself. And I, I, mean, have, I have a feeling that, I mean, I think Hillary, you're going to get what you get. I don't think she's, there's going to be high highs or low lows. I think what we saw is pretty much the Hillary that's going to maintain. And I'm sort of surprised that they think this Alicia Machado thing, which we'll talk about in a minute, is supposed to be this big bombshell. Why... If if that's what they think, why drop it up front? I would have waited on that, even though I think it's stupid and doesn't deserve to be talked about at all, right. period. But if yeah. they think it's strategically important, why drop it then? He should not have addressed that. He keeps taking the bait. That's another thing he's got to stop doing. He had a really good September where he wasn't taking all this mainstream media bait. And then he yeah. he like won't shut his mouth about this Alicia Mikado thing now. Shut yeah. up, dude. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, okay. So it says we're talking about Alicia. Do you just want to transition into that? I mean, I, there's, there's some interesting things to I'm talk debated about. Like, so I'm debated. if you, if you didn't see the debate, the, the, the big reveal that Hillary had is, did you know the former Miss America or Miss uh, universe winner, uh, doesn't like Trump and says Trump once called her fat, uh, and Miss Piggy and Miss Housekeeping in what, like 1997 or something like that. And by the way, Donald, she's registered and she's going to vote. Dun, 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 dun. And this, okay, so let's set this. I mean, what are, what are we supposed to think here? Trump's mean to women. Is, if there's one venue in which it is okay to judge the appearance of a woman and be maybe a little critical, beauty pageant, which you own, yeah. might be one such venue for one. Yeah. But yeah. two, there's some good evidence here that it's kind of bullshit we're missing some context here i want to play the the just the quick clip of alicia machado and also uh i saw some key context in paul joseph watson's video on her which is a trip a, a clip between trump and uh trump and uh machado on cnn in 97 in which he's very complimentary talking about yeah you know she, her weight's going crazy but we can understand why and she's there all chumming it up with him so let's check this out here is what she's uh, upset about presently. Donald Trump called you. Donald Trump called you Miss Piggy. Yes, Miss Piggy, Miss Housekeeping. Housekeeping. How did that make you feel? <laughs> so sad. So sad. So that's about it. You might say, you might say, hey, there's probably more context to that. Uh, you you cut out 15 <laughs> seconds. Is there more? Nope. That's about it. Call me Miss Piggy. Call me Miss Housekeeping. How did it make you feel? So sad. Period. I love her on Family Guy though. I should have edited that in. I should have put in uh, what's the character's name? I'm, the lemon, the lemon pledge lady. She has a name. She has a name, Donald. That's what Hillary. She has a name, Bryden, and I. It's escaping me now. Consuela. Consuela mm. is her name. Okay. This is so it was this is illegal. This is a, an exchange between Trump and Machado or Machado or however you pronounce this uh, in '97. Is that Machado? I don't know. There's an H in there, but I felt that I felt that Alicia was one of the most beautiful women I'd ever seen. It was incredible. And all of the folks that were here agreed with that. Alicia is like me and like a lot of other people. I love to eat. We all love to eat. Not all of us. Some of you are lucky, but we eat. We like to eat. And she had tremendous pressure put on her with the win and everything else. Plus, she was going from country to country, all foreign places. And there was a huge amount of pressure. When she won the contest, I had never seen anybody more beautiful. And she's totally beautiful now. You know, you have a lot of people that have problems with weight, eating disorders, whatever you want to call it. A lot of people. I mean, I'm looking at a lot of you reporters, and I can't believe how many showed up. But a lot of you folks have weight problems. I hate hey. to tell you. Savage. Donald Trump. He is Trump through and through, isn't he? He's just been the same forever. I mean, is it likely that he called her those names? Probably, but I would guess in much the same context that this is, which is they're clearly kind of friendly. They're clearly uh, supportive of yeah. one another. And to be fair, I heard that she went from 116 pounds to 170 pounds. That is no small thing when you were Miss Universe, when you're supposed to be like the hottest woman on the planet. She got crazy fat. I mean, right? When I heard that, I was like, yeah, she, she's, she got really fat. 
But it's and it's just as valid to cut this up and be like, in 1997, Donald Trump called a woman very beautiful. Dun, 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 dun. I, know. I know. He respects them so fucking much you won't believe it. I mean, how much how much are we going to take out of these instances? Right. For every right. instance of calling. A, by the way, the other thing I love about this that I want to show. It's opened the floodgates to these people to come out and be like, one time decades ago, I was called a mean name by Donald Trump. Did you see this reporter on CNN? This mm. is great. This made my weekend. Note the headline here so, from Jennifer, this reporter. Wrote something that reporter, didn't Trump like, called me the C word. Then what happened? Michael, I was working in the Wall Street office of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I got a phone call. Uh, I, the woman said, hold for Mr. Trump. And then Mr. Trump began to uh, yell at me. He told me I had shit for brains. He told me I worked for a shitty newspaper. Accurate. And he said, True. what sort of shit was I writing? <laughs> I was stunned. Right. He hung up. He called my boss in Philadelphia. And he treated my boss to the same sort of rant. But then he added that he referred to me as the C word, a word I will not use Michael, because in my opinion, it's the worst word in the English language to refer to a woman. Wait, you can say shitty and shit on CNN? That's, I was surprised, too. I, I figure maybe yeah. it's like a pre-censored cut or something. Uh, that Yeah. Because when she said, like, I'm not going to say it on your air, my reaction was, you can't. So who cares? <laughs> yeah, why bother? But then yeah. she said shit. You're right. So I, I don't know. But um, but the, the other thing missing from here, year this allegedly took place, 1988. Oh my God, who cares? 88. I wouldn't care if it was yesterday. If you're being a C word and someone calls you a C word, it's not anti-woman. You're just being hey, a C word. Hey, you can say that word on our show. So. I know. Okay. I just like saying C word because that's Why? what they oh. said. Because it's funny. I don't know. <laughs> don't be a cuck. I know. That's the C word, right? Cuck? Oh, right, right. <laughs> so... Uh. These are all the um, these are all the things making the rounds right now, and it's. Uh, I mean, you'll notice that the head the there's the main line there, and then above it, it says Trump and women. No, Trump and one woman, Trump and this one c word. Yeah, I, yeah. And they're getting. I mean, women are his only vice. I I will say that. Like, he doesn't drink, hasn't drank his entire life. He he's he's an all around like well rounded, disciplined guy, except for when it comes to women. And I think most voters have just, have just kind of accepted this. They're like, well, yeah, Trump is a ladies man. He's had infidelities. And this is just something, some imperfection we're going to have to get over. At least that's where I am. At least he didn't fucking rape anybody. Yeah. You know, really. that's like, if he was going around defending rapists, you know, and like laughing about it later going, I did such a good job defending that pedophile rapist. Oh, I man. know. I know. And I remember blonde brought that up in one of our early shows and I had never heard of that. And I said at the time, I was like, I need more context to that because, of course, I'm not going to punish someone for for being a lawyer and defending uh, uh, somebody who allegedly did something terrible. That's the nature of the work. However, it happened years after the the laughter, this kind of dismissive cackle about getting a is he, was he a child rapist? Wasn't this like a twelve? He raped. Or something? He raped a, tw a twelve year old girl who was so um, badly injured by the rape that she was never able to have children. And she had problems her entire life. She was never able to recover from that mentally. She had a string of, you know, relationships that fell apart. I think she might have had some addiction problems afterwards. But he ruined her life. I mean, she couldn't. Did have Hillary kids. get him off the hook, or what, what? Yeah, he only spent time served in jail. It was two months. He's nothing. No way! Got, wow. Yeah. But and there was. And he I mean, I should read into it like, more, but. Yeah, but it's, he it's really he raped he her. He was it wasn't actually like convicted. And um, just got a light sentence, or how did it play out? No, I think that they were able to like plead it down so that it was oh. only time served yeah i might be wrong about that though yeah well we live in a time of mean words okay because mean words are so much worse than mean action that There's is the mean theme actions, I know. that is the theme of the 2016 Bobby, campaign irrelevant. and you i'm excited and i'm excited because the other mean word to talk about if you guys are done with machado and this reporter which i am i don't think there's that much depth to it but i just like to laugh mm -hmm. at it this this leaked Hillary tape of the basement dwellers. Have you guys listened to that? Yeah, I found it inoffensive. Yeah. I thought I the gonna... right like really trumped this one up. I'm like, we was... need to fucking learn how to pick our battles because this does not matter. And that's not what she said anyway. I was going to say this is every, you know, obviously our show would not necessarily get any awards for 
perfect journalistic objectivity, nor is that our aim. And one thing, sometimes people like, you know, wish, actually I had a caller on the first call-in show to be like, what is one thing you would praise Hillary on? And I sat there for like 30 seconds, like, uh, uh, and and I was stumped, but this is one instance in cancer for that long. She can make calculated, (laughs) unemotional decisions with no human context. Yeah. Which has got to be a benefit in some situations, right? I I suppose so. But this is one instance in which I'm not going to praise her for it, but I I will probably actually defend Hillary on this tape, and I think that it is mostly drummed up. Let's listen to it, and then, Bryden, you seem to disagree, so you can make the case as (laughs) to why why all us... Uh, recovering Bernie bros, of which I am one, to be honest, so I should be very offended when I listen to this. Uh, You can make the case as to why that should be. ...to politics completely. They're children of the Great Recession, and they are living in their parents' basement. Uh, Actually, I forgot it's audio only. I don't need to show They got their education, and the jobs that are available to them are not at all what they envisioned for themselves. And they don't see much of a future. I met with a group of young uh, black millennials today, and you know, one of the young women said, you know, none of us feel like we have the job that we should have gotten out of college, um, and we don't believe that the job market is going to give us much of a chance. So I think we all should be really understanding of that, and we should try to do the best we can, uh, not to be you know, a wet blanket on idealism. You want people to be idealistic. You want them to set big goals, but to take what we can achieve now and try to present them as bigger goals. You know, those of us who understand this, who have been experienced, who have worked in it, know that it's, it's a false promise. But I don't think you tell idealistic people, particularly young people, that they bought into a false promise. You try to do the best you can to say, hey, you know, that, that's his view, that's what he is offering you, but here's another way where actually we can achieve a lot of what we have said starting day one and, and make a real difference in people's lives. My issue life. with this is not that she said basement, I don't think she said basement dweller, she did. but she talks about exploiting the hopelessness of millennials, and that does bother me, And but why wasn't that what the right pointed out? They were like, oh, we're basement dwellers. No, Hashtag that's not what she basement said. dwellers. A bunch when of deplorable Pepe's embracing a Bernie bro. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I can see that. I, I can see that point. But but I would emphasize there is a quote in there in, in which she factually articulates. I mean, the whole thing is basically a quote where she truthfully factually articulates that millennials don't have the jobs that they um, rightly or wrongly feel like they should based on their qualifications and education. And then she goes on to say, and we should be very understanding of that and understanding of their frustrations and understanding of why they feel like, um, you know, maybe this country is not uh, delivering on some of the quote unquote promises that it's made. So you're, I think you could possibly interpret it as like a, I mean, I'd have to go back and listen to the quote. Does she say we need to exploit their no, idealism? No, of course not. But she says, like, what did she say, Bryden? Um, She's talking about their idealism and, and how we need to about, sell them like a more practical hopeless. solution. Yeah, it's a hopeless generation, and so we can't tell them that there aren't any jobs, um, even though that's really the truth of it, because we need to give them a more positive message. Yeah. So she was just talking about spin. Well, that's right? that's my take of like. All the, the my whole defense of Trump this whole time. Sometimes it's because I like Trump, and it's becoming more and more that way. To be honest, but m- more often than not, it's like people. Truth is a defense. Truth is a defense. And if truth is a defense for Trump, truth is a defense for Hillary. I have to be consistent in in that uh, regard. And I thought this was mostly truthful. You left yeah. you left out uh, a part in the clip where uh, she makes a joke about where is the revolution? Um, yeah. So. It's and you have to understand when she's talking, she's Hillary Clinton, you know, she's just she's just lying. But uh, to say, oh, they're living in their mom's basement. That's a stab at us. Uh, It's a stab at these people, these these senseless little ideologues. And, you know, we've got to bring them over to business as usual and politics as it should be. And I've got the experience and, you know, you can't really change anything. So let's just uh, go with me. Hillary fucking Clinton. She's uh, she talks down to people. She doesn't care about uh, the the millennial voting block. I, I don't know how she intends to get it, 
but it's not going to be by talking down to with him dank and memes, telling him that they're dude, like the shimmy dank song. Memes, yeah. We might have time for the shimmy song before the end because we're getting through these topics fast. Brian Link, have you seen the Hillary shimmy song? I don't know uh, what you're talking about. We'll have time at the end of the show. Worst. You know when people desperately try to make Hillary cool? Yeah, She's decidedly uncool. There's no fixing that. Like, like I can see how people thought Bill Clinton was cool, you know, getting blowies in the Oval Office and everything. But like Hillary, there's yeah. no there's no selling it that way. Just watch that hot sauce clip, the cringe, and you'll know oh. that she can never be cool. I have In a friend heart, who de- I, I have a friend who defends that. She's like, oh. no, she does carry around hot sauce, and I'm like, no, she doesn't. If if she it. does, it is still a pandering mechanism. That I was don't transparent care. pandering. Yeah, I don't care if she's lying about the sauce or if the sauce is actually there. I mean, if the sauce is there, it is a calculated measure. <laughs> I mean, clearly, I'm going to the black people show. Time to put some hot sauce in or whatever show it was. Wasn't yeah, it the that popular so Breakfast Club show? Yeah. It was a radio show, right? Yeah, they're a bunch of they're a bunch of idiots. One of them yelled at Kanye and and uh, like Charlemagne the God. He yelled at Kanye. As soon as you start yelling at Kanye West and talking bad about Donald Trump, I don't like you anymore. Hmm. I'll have All to right. look into that. And I have to be careful because, um, you know, I don't know. I I I don't know that I take the the vote for Hillary conclusion necessarily out of this clip as much as you might. But I, I, I've learned my lesson in pushing back too aggressively on Bryden and Blonde because both of them have um, brought me into uh, gl- a glorious world of, of truth and blessings and prosperity that, um, you know, if I were if I would have dug in my heels long ago and uh, I don't know, I'd probably be one of those like five millennials voting for Hillary if it weren't for these two. So I kind of have to let them have the win and have the last word, really. Yay! That makes me very happy. That warms my heart. <laughs> I need to, so at some point I need to go back and listen to, um, eventually. Cause the, I first went on Bryden's show back in like April or something. I think and this was like when it was becoming all clear to me, like the people who hate Trump the most are like the worst people ever. I don't like Trump, but I hate them so much. And, and Bryden's just kind of like, yeah, good. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I will mold him into the alt-right man that I want him to be and then send him out to do thy bidding. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's uh, that's the basement dwellers bit. Uh, let me ask you this, Bryden. Do you think it is... Do you think that the... Since you're a connoisseur of memes and Twitter and uh, you know all of these things that drive the white supremacism of the day... Do you think the Twitter reaction is justified or do you, will you grant that it is a little bit drummed up or do you think it's a hundred percent fair given the explosion of how big this is? How truthfully do I have to answer this? It's up to you. Well, then no, it's not drummed up at all. Okay. But yeah, no, it's just a hashtag. It's just fighting. Uh, it's just finding anything to fight with. Uh, it means nothing. Nobody's going to care about it in a week, but it's something to try to get the Bernie bros and go, she called you basement dwellers and idealists. What happened to your revolution? Come on, come over, come on over. And they're like, but there's no socialism over here. And we go, I know, but let's just wait until after November. And then, then yeah. we can go back to calling you cucks and, and, and trying to deport the, you. But the interesting thing with the Bernie, the, the Bernie people uh, that I want to know is, is there commitment to the socialist idealism or is there commitment just to being like, fuck the system generally? Because if it's just like, fuck the system generally, they can be converted into Trump people. If if they're like hardline, yeah. no, socialism is the way, probably not likely. But if they're just I don't just think this is ideological. Votes. I think it's self-interest. and try, I think it's college debt is really the fuel of most mm. of this, of most of these social socialist undertones. I don't think these a people lo- are actually married to this idea. A lot of them are, though, because just as, you know, you've got... People like me uh, and, and you uh, th- that are out there, you know, really pushing for uh, what we push for. We've got the the commies that are still real. I mean, I'm in Los Angeles. It's uh, what half half of the millennials think socialism would be a good idea. They don't understand it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Fifty percent of millennials. My God, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's scary. But uh, you've got the really radical, you know, yay Mao fucking you know, commies that are involved with this, that were backing Bernie Sanders. And then 
you've got a lot of the people that are like, hey, fuck the system and they, they're going to vote Trump. And hopefully, you know, they'll get jobs, they'll start paying taxes and they'll go socialism is fucking gay. And, uh, the, you know, they'll just vote red for the rest of their lives, but hmm. not the bad kind of red. <laughs> right. OK, yeah, it took me a second. I was like, the bad. Oh, yeah. OK, <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, OK, so uh, the other big thing that's coming out today is this morning's New York Times expose that let me pull this up. So there's a lot of things some of which are factual, some of which are merely speculative. But this morning, New York Times comes out with this page here. Donald Trump tax records show he could have avoided, could have avoided taxes for nearly two decades, the Times found. So what is this about? Some anonymous person, uh, source unknown, sent a Trump tax document to the New York Times, which my understanding is a Trump accountant of some sort has verified these as true. So it's not, there's no dispute as to whether this is accurate or not. Just the conclusions we reach from it. The guy had reported a $916 million loss in 1995 is what these uh, records show. Uh, And then the Times speculates, speculates, I want to emphasize that, uh, that this loss was so substantial that it could have allowed him to legally, and I want to emphasize this as well, legally avoid paying any federal income taxes for up to, I saw up to 2010. So something around 15 years. Um, And so everyone, so you saw Rudy Giuliani making the rounds on the Sunday morning talk shows this morning. You see a lot of people talking about this online. This to me is idiotic and it should be idiotic to anyone. There is no allegation of elite of, of law breaking. This is, the, the tax code is structured such that if you take a loss, a business can carry that forward uh, and 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 not have to pay income tax on it. So basically, this is just structured. So if a business does poorly and needs to recover, the tax code is going to accommodate that business in right. doing so. 100% legal. And Blonde, you might be able to speak to more of the specifics on this. I'm learning about this on the spot. But 100% legal. And anyone who criticizes this is a damn hypocrite. We oh, all yeah, take absolutely. every deduction we can every single year. And so people mm-hmm. saying, well, Trump didn't pay his fair share. I mean, okay, maybe you debate that the tax law is not good, incorrectly structured, unfair, whatever. But we all take advantage of the laws that exist. And in fact, if you don't as a business person, you're betraying your fiduciary duty. Right. What do they do? They want him to cut a charitable check to the IRS. That's the conclusion. I know, I know. Charity and check, they aren't even connecting the dots and then saying that these things, they, they go to things like overhead, like payroll. Like this is what you're doing. You you're, you can create more jobs when you have more money. You know, at the end of the year. <clears throat> also, this is a non-story because he didn't do anything illegal, so I don't care. And even if he had, if he could like evade 18 years of taxes, I would be like, that is my guy. That is my well, guy takes, right there. Good for to him. his point. That makes me smart. I mean, that would take some <laughs> strategic uh, yeah. merit. We we would. I don't think that would be good. I don't want a lawbreaker, but there there would be undeniable strategic skill in doing it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't anticipate you disagree with my assessment, Bryden, but. Not at all. I mean, I do. And I do think that it makes him smart. And I think that uh, people are insane to think that rich folk are really paying taxes. Like you try to pay as little yeah. as you can, no matter what bracket you're in. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I, I, you know, I, everybody I does off. that. Yeah, everybody does it. You know, it's like, hey, Especially I got gas in my car. Especially when you feel like taxes off. are being squandered, which they are. We see our infrastructure crumbling. We know that the taxes that we're paying are not going to what we want them to. They're going to special interest groups and all sorts of shit we didn't agree to. Taxation just becomes theft. And so if he wants to evade taxes, I'm like, all right, that's fine. Don't care. Which isn't this even is, what he did, though. He didn't not evade. Even what he, did. he avoided, if yeah. anything. But he didn't evade. Evade means yeah. you're running. Avoided means, hey, I took advantage of a law. Mm-hmm. Maybe the law, you know, shouldn't be in place, but it is. So fuck it. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody cared about jaywalking before, you know, and then they made a jaywalking law and people quit jaywalking as much. Uh, you still do it when nobody's around. You're like to anyone who criticizes him on this. I would ask you simply uh, in my case, why do I go to H&R Block? Every year. Why do yeah. you use TurboTax? Why do you use some of you maybe do it entirely on your own? Good if you do, but why do you use these places? So they can get you the maximum deductions and get exactly. you the best deal. Any yeah. tax advisor, any lawyer is going to advise Trump to do the same thing. I reserve my right the right to change that opinion if something comes out that he broke the law or did something outside the scope of what what yeah. deductions are due uh, to I him. I care about but, that either. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you're always a little to the like. I I don't a care if he bombs the, the IRS. I don't care if he blows so that place far. up. Joking, by the way, FBI. I know demonetized for terrorism okay. threats and all that stuff. I I like the IRS. Okay, they're great. Yeah. Anyway, um, we here's love the, the other IRS, the, the, the final point <laughs> of uh, hypocrisy on this. Uh, <laughs> New York Times paid no taxes in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> the place breaking this. Uh, is also the place taking advantage of tax benefits, deductibles, loopholes, whatever yeah. you want to call them, av- available to them. The New York Times excited the Clinton campaign and the rest of the media with the revelation that uh, Donald Trump uh, may not have paid taxes after 1995. Um, as Forbes notes, however, in 2014, New York Times paid no taxes and got an income tax refund of $3.5 million, even though they had a pre-tax profit of almost $30 million in 2014. In other words, their post-tax profit was higher than their pre-tax profit. Uh, so they made money. They made, yeah. not only did they not pay taxes, New York Times got paid by the government. They're just, How did they do that legally? Uh, I I don't know enough about, I can read it to you again if if you might have some I, more. No, I, I just don't know very much about tax law. So okay. I, I'm like, how how could they have done that if they turned a profit that year? But if it was legal, I also don't have a problem with that. I would clear. assume, I mean, this is me guessing entirely, but if it's something, so it, I don't know if they can claim past losses against those profits. If it's something like that, I don't know. But um, in if any you case, did know, you, you could be an accountant for him. You know? Right. So uh, if I was Trump, that's what I would do tomorrow is I would re- have a press release breaking New York Times paid no taxes in 2014. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. This is a joke. This is a joke. I, and I, you, like I said, you got to call, fav- call them what they are. If you're going to make a joke breaking, failing New York Times pays no taxes if, because that's yeah. what Trump's going to call them. We need an app, right? You need um, some kind of app that will Trumpify your language. You can type in like how I would phrase it, and then it'll add in all your biggest, best ever's, huge, uh, all that stuff. Tremendous. To, yeah, to modify how I would word it. But um, but yeah, you know, I like I said, I invite any criticisms of the system, and in fact, Trump himself is a critic of the system. I mean, his argument is: look, I know the most about getting a, using the system to my benefit therefore i know the most about how to eliminate things that are unfair maybe you think this is unfair but it's just anyone like you or i taking advantage of the, the benefits the government offers right, simple right. as that and when clinton's talking about taxation she's always so vague she always says i'm gonna make the wealthy pay their fair share she says yeah. that exact phrase i've heard her say it a million times i'm like what the fuck does that mean what does that i even don't mean? know also who is more wealthy than the clintons how much is the clinton foundation worth uh, and, and I love that all of their charitable donations go right to the Clinton Foundation. That's, that's, yeah. that's not that you're not charitable. It's a scam. It's a scam. Why are not yeah. more people talking about this? This is horrible. And like, it's they such, destroyed Haiti. It's so dumb, too, as though our tax code. I mean, I guess you could make the argument that like different special interests and lobbying groups have structured it. So maybe it's not crafted this way. But obviously. In its in the purest sense, without a lot of those maybe corrupt influences or not, the, of course the tax code is structured to be quote unquote fair. People have differing uh, ideas of what fair is. Some people think a flat rate across all brackets is fair. Some people think a right. progressive tax is fair. Some people think a regressive tax uh, is is fair. So it's it fair to your point is not like. Uh, okay, let's look in the accounting book here. Fair is nineteen point six percent. It's not. Right. It's not right. something like that. Everyone has a different idea of it. So <laughs> anyway, any other thoughts on the New York Times? A bunch of jokers. And if, and you were, send, you were sending me stuff earlier on Jake Tapper. So Rudy Giuliani, I listened to Rudy Giuliani meet the press this morning with uh, Chuck Todd. You had him on uh, CNN with Jake Tapper. I, I didn't he wiped listen the to- floor with Jake Tapper. It was like I was embarrassed watching it because Jake Tapper just kept – he was like in a cyclical – cycle you just kept saying the same thing over and over again chuck todd did something similar where it was like um yeah but did you like avoid or did he avoid stuff and rudy Giuliani is like uh, yes no. but i mean he, he did evade, what's legally avoid, available yeah. yeah he did what's legally avail- available to him like we all do well yeah but it's like what do you say to the critics who say it's like not fair share and stuff okay when you guys start writing fair share checks to the yeah. irs yeah really a charitable donation to like, what do they want? Do they want us to overpay taxes despite, you know, loopholes being available for us to exploit? No, no one's going to do that, especially a business owner. 
I saw um, your guys' favorite, your buddy, uh, Ben Shapiro always describes it really well, but like when it's, (laughs) when you use it, it's a deduction. When other people use it, it's a loophole. Basically they're the same thing, deductions and loopholes. I think even you haters can give him credit in being accurate. No, Ben Shapiro is a genius. He's a really smart guy (laughs) and he's right about everything but Trump. I will (laughs) basically everything. Yeah. He needs to come home. I'm tired of him. He needs to come home. Uh, Ben Shapiro, please come home. We're I've here only, with open arms. <laughs> I've only just recently got into his podcast and, you know, he's someone in my previous life of, you know, even last year at this time, maybe someone I would have probably hated intellectually, but I listen to his stuff and other than like his insistence on being right about Trump all the time, I'm like, man, I don't have a great argument about why he's wrong other than no, you know, yeah. here's today's segment about why I told you so about Trump, you know? Okay. Yeah. But, and that's what he does all the time. And it, it, I don't know. Everybody's tired of it. Ben a lot Shapiro. Of intellectual hey, well, it's the Daily Wire. Ben Shapiro. How's it going? <laughs> Fuck Ben Shapiro. I can't get behind that. I was going to say. Ryan Proctor. What did we Just tell about. you about that kind of behavior? I know. We preached you, you before the podcast. <laughs> what? He's, he's just okay. got grubby little hands. No, stop. We're, we're moving on. Daryl Lamont Jenkins is watching, dude. We can't. We can't get into this. And besides, we got 20 minutes left. I want plenty of time to talk about the, uh, the guy who, by his own reasoning and his own discussion, his own words, should be doing very well, but can't. Can't. Gary Johnson, the dude who, in any election where liberta- libertarians should have been frothing forever at this matchup of Trump and Clinton, everyone hates them, would love a viable third party, and you put forth... This guy, this guy, Gary Johnson. So um, if you missed the last few clips of Gary Johnson over the last couple of weeks, I've edited them down to be as quick as possible. It's less than a minute and a half. Um, less than a minute and a half of Gary Johnson somehow looking terrible compared to Hillary and Trump. Oh, I don't want to watch it. And now Gary Johnson somehow looks terrible compared to <laughs> Hillary and Trump. <laughs> Just so that you know. You think if you were able to get on the debate stage that you could pull even with Trump and Clinton in these polls? I do. And and it wouldn't be it wouldn't have anything to do with my debate performance either. It would just be that people would recognize that there's another choice and that there would be an examination of me and Bill Weld as as who we are and what we've done and not based on that. I think I could stand up there for the whole debate and not say anything. What would you do if you were elected about Aleppo? What is Aleppo? You're kidding. No. This is the Aleppo moment, which we've covered on the show. I just set this for context. He didn't know what Aleppo was. Blonde and I weren't particularly offended by that. However, he references it himself in his next Aleppo moment, self-described Aleppo moment. Aleppo is in Syria. It's the epicenter of the refugee crisis. Okay, got it. Got it. Who's your favorite foreign leader? Who's my favorite? Any, just name anywhere in the country, any one of the continents, any country. Name one foreign leader that you respect and look up to. Anybody. Mine was Shimon Peres. No, no, okay, I'm talking about living. Go ahead. Shut up. You Shut up. I'm talking again. Anywhere, any continent. Canada, Mexico, Europe, over there, uh, Asia, South America, Africa, name a foreign leader that you respect. I guess I'm having an Aleppo moment in the former former president of Mexico. But I'm giving you the whole world. I know, I know. Anybody in the world you like. Anybody. Pick any leader. The former president of Mexico. uh, Which one? I'm, I'm having a brain. I'm well, name brain anybody. Brain. Just wait. So Deox. Okay, who's your favorite foreign leader? Get him off the hook. Name a foreign Ox. leader you respect. He was, he was terrific. Any foreign leader? Um, Merkel. Okay, Merkel. Okay, fine. He names Merkel, which we'll talk about in a second. There's still one more clip. Merkel. My God. Okay. Thank you, sir. What do you guys make of the idea that you are a spoiler candidate? It's triggered. That it's just, that it's just, it's horrible. Why would you even say that? We're giving people a chance to vote for something as opposed to the lesser of two evils. That's what we are, that's what we are providing. First vote. You want to waste your vote with Hillary or Clinton uh, or, or Trump? Go right ahead and waste your vote. We're not spoilers. We are the first vote. And then right there on the, on the board, right there, secret cuck message. <laughs> Which, if you can't see that, I don't know why they have cuckoo, uh, whatever. But uh, 
you know, hidden message about uh, Gary Johnson. So, oh my God, I oh love boy, which was worse? What was the worst one? A third guy. That's it. He's not like I'm a great guy. He's like I'm another alternative, and that's all I need to be. <laughs> I love the first clip where he's like, "She's like, do you think you would uh, pull even with them if you got on the debate stage?" <laughs> I do, and he wow. says it all like seductively. But then his point is, "Look, I could go up there and basically be a jackass, and and everyone would still like me in comparison." And then he goes on to prove why that's definitely not true. Like while oh, he's saying so it, he's disproving the thing that he's saying. <laughs> oh my you can't god. Even be- he can't even be bothered to like not wear Levi's like at a press conference. Like what the fuck? Like he's so stoned all the time. He's an idiot. Uh, Gary Johnson is the worst excuse for a libertarian I think that I've ever yeah. seen ever. He's the SJW's well, version of libertarianism. Oh, yeah. He's just a fucking idiot. Well, he has hyper focus on the marijuana issue and then not very much outside of it. And then, you know, what's the uh, big area of disagreement with uh, within libertarians and then why a lot of conservatives can't get on board is the border issue and the immigration issue. And then he goes and you got to recognize you need to be careful with that if you want to pull conservatives, especially into your camp, like disgruntled, like Ben Shapiro types, to be honest. And you're going to say Merkel, Merkel. I I, I was saying to Brian, I would have preferred Kim Jong-un. I actually would have preferred (laughs) Kim Jong-un. Keeps things in order. <laughs> Doesn't let yeah. foreigners come in and rape his people. <laughs> well, even Merkel has said, if I could turn back time, I wouldn't have made these same mistakes that I've made. Whoops. That's, you know, she And that multiculturalism realized. doesn't work. She said that before as well. Yeah, you sound like you're on my show. <laughs> well, Merkel, I mean, come on. Why, why would you say and, that? But I mean, he kind of blew it with that crowd, though, when he was talking, when he flipped out about the immigration, the illegal immigrant comment. Oh, that, that's I mean, when I wrote him off. That was yeah, that me was too. It. I was like, whoa. I, I, I mean, like, I was no. never in a Gary Johnson camp or anything like that. But as soon as I heard that, I was like, wow, I, I can't even respect you as a human being. And it, and it so. wasn't even the issue of immigration, even though he, I'm sure. Uh, just so you know, just so you know. Right. Well, that's why I included it in there in the opening bit. Just so you know. I love that quote from him. Oh God! Like he's but, doing him a favor. It was so smug and stupid. Ugh. Uh, it was just so painful all around. Uh, like, uh, I don't know. Just quit, dude. Just call it. Just call it. I Why know. is he still in the race? He's not going to get on the debate stage. I guess. Why has he ever been? He he keeps he keeps they keep electing him and he keeps getting worse and worse. It's it's the reefer madness. That's what's happened. It's, he's just <laughs> he's too stoned all the time, and now he's acting like a fool and. <sighs> In the live it, chat, the anti-statesman just said he's a reefertarian. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then the just the, the terrible, I mean, obviously he doesn't understand the strategic importance of immigration to uh, right. his success and what that means, but he's just terrible with strategy all around. Like you and I were pretty forgiving of his Aleppo moment because at the end of the day, I mean, I'll be honest, I was Googling Aleppo after he said that. And I think a lot of people were, and, and I'm not, I care more about your Phyllis, your, your philosophy right. as opposed to yeah. like your specific knowledge, pieces of knowledge. Or being ideologically consistent. Although but, I guess we haven't really seen a lot of inconsistencies with him. He just comes from a place of idiocy. So. For the love of God, don't reference your Aleppo moment again later. No. Don't be like, I guess I'm having oh, an Aleppo moment. You. No. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. He thinks he's being funny. No. He thinks he's being funny. No. I'm sure he is an awesome uncle. I feel bad uncle. for him still, though. I, I, I... <laughs> he has a very uncle, uncle look about him. Uncle, uncle and President. Gary is a very uncle name. I think we talked about this last time, but there is a serious lack of Garys in our generation. You know any it's Garys? It's a name for douchebags, that's why. Yeah, it's a name for fuddy-duddies, like Gary Johnson. Fuddy-duddies. <laughs> I don't know a single Gary. I think you're right. I've never... Yeah. Any Gary <laughs> millennial friends of the show, listeners, tweet me, yeah. email, let us know. I'm a Gary, and I'm out there. And, I, and unlike Gary Johnson, I'm cool and I understand things and, you know, yeah. maybe you'll be the We're next president We're not going to get any emails about that and you know it. I know. No cool Gary's. I know. Well, yeah. I, well, that's because they don't exist, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so this is, um, I, last time we called it a, a funeral for Gary Johnson. Clearly, I can't, I, I've saved that little intro on my computer because I anticipate having to... <laughs> Do this bit again of Gary Johnson somehow looking terrible compared to Hillary and Trump. Uh, I anticipate there will be more before Election Day. And who knows? Maybe even after. Uh, I don't know. But you know when someone puts you on the spot and there's like nothing that's going to make 
that memory or whatever you're trying to pull from your mind come out because you're under too much pressure. I think he just choked once and now the fear of choking, he's just internalized it. Now he's just going to choke like at every press conference until the election. Well, yeah, but I get that. But what I don't understand is like, this is like that other time I choked horribly. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so bad. So, so bad. Uh, I don't Sal, know. Sal over at New Media Central burned his Libertarian Party card. He's done with him huh. because of Johnson. Like, wow. He's, he's out. Yeah. Who is Libertarian his, Party um, has gone downhill. Yeah. Who is, well, I mean, was it's he... the borderless thing. Nobody can, yeah. nobody can compromise with that. That's just not, that's not an issue that any conservatives are going to compromise on. It's I'm number one there's... issue for most conservatives. Uh, to me, um, there was probably a time in my life where I was one of these kind of like borderless, let's all get around, let's all get along cocks as you guys would call them, you know, but um, we live in a time where the evidence, uh, obviously evidence is more important than kind of your rosy theory of how the world works. And we live in a time with plenty of evidence that this is going awry. And if you're still on this like rosy, everyone get along bandwagon, it's like, can you just point me to evidence to where it's worked? Cause I would, I would be willing to to entertain it's utopian. That. Yeah. yeah, it's never in worked, many ways. Right? Like the left is utopian too. Increase, yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, multiculturalism has never worked. I mean, throughout history, you see, it's like, hey, you know what happens? People fight because people are different, and that's that's fine that people are different. It's not fine that they fight, but you're not gonna. Our generation is a little bit uh, too. Like, gotten a little too big for our britches as far as that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, no, we can all get along. It's like, no, but you can't. Because guess it's, what? Ahmed, you may think that he's cool, but his parents fucking hate you, and they're going to kill right. your ass. That, that's the key thing is, like, obviously I want to I want to be a welcoming person just in my in my everyday life. I think most people do. The assumption in that is that the people you're welcoming also want to be welcoming. It's great to be friendly if the people to whom you're Why being friendly. Why would you friendly, want that, Skag? But, well, yeah, don't see, you, I'm I mean, sitting here wondering what the hell. Why would you want to be in an ideal In an ideal world, don't you want everyone to get along? I mean, it's simple as that. I mean, I've never even entertained that because it's such an impossibility. I'm, I'm like, not oh, saying borderless. Happened. I'm not saying borderless. I'm not saying there shouldn't be a, a legal process through which you have to go to come to this country. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have the right to vet uh, people who want to this, come to this country. I'll be welcoming to people traveling in our country, but I don't have to be welcoming to anybody illegal, illegally immigrating into our country. I don't No, no, no. no. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Uh, I just think we should, in terms of like our embrace of culture, regardless of how you become a citizen here. But, but the problem is the (laughs) assumption is that that culture, if that culture doesn't share your values, that culture doesn't, uh, share your goals, that culture wants to destroy you. That culture doesn't agree on the definition of rape or doesn't think it's a problem. (laughs) I know, then, I know. Then you got problems. Then you got problems. Yeah. So, right. d- I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I've, I realize, I realize the faults in that position as I get annoyed if someone so much as rings my doorbell, like happened uh, last weekend when it was a damn Boy Scout trying to sell me <laughs> cookies, and I'm like, ah, I don't want to answer the get door. Get out of here. And then I have to buy. No, he wasn't. That's Girl Scouts. He was selling me popcorn, caramel corn. So I gave it, gave him a 10 and got some caramel corn and all the while I hated the whole experience. So don't worry. You're getting me to become a very angry border protecting ah, person. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want to hear. The only a other little thing. A little bit more every show. Yeah. <laughs> the only other thing I got that I was highly entertained by and I thought was actually fair and well done was the SNL uh, debate bit from last night. Did you guys see that? I cut up, so it was about nine minutes long. I cut up, I think, two minutes, like the best two minutes, which I think uh, are pretty fair. And that's the challenge here is most people are expecting it to be like a Trump bashing fest. But I thought some of the Hillary jokes were fantastic, to be honest, in addition to the Trump jokes. So trigger warning, Trump jokes incoming as well. Good evening, America. I am going to be so good tonight. 
I am going to be so calm and so presidential that all of you watching are going to cream your jeans. This man is clearly unfit to be commander-in-chief. Wrong. He is a bully. Shut up. He started the birther movement. You did. He says climate change is a hoax invented by China. It's pronounced China. He hasn't released his tax returns, which means he's either not that rich, Wrong. not that charitable, Wrong. or he's never paid taxes in his life. Warmer. He's spent his life cheating middle-class laborers. Laborers like my own human father, who made, uh, I, I guess, drapes, or uh, printed drapes, or sold drapes, or uh, something with drapes, and he was relatable, and I am also relatable. She She's the one with the bad temperament. She's always screaming. She's constantly lying. Her hair is crazy. Her face is completely orange, except around the eyes where it's white. And when she stops talking, her mouth looks like a tiny little butthole. Secretary Clinton, you have two minutes to respond. Oh, uh, that's okay. You can have my two. Okay, Mr. Trump, two more minutes. The thing about the blacks is that they're killing each other. All the blacks live on one street in Chicago, all on one street. I just read that this morning. It's called Hell Street. <laughs> so that Oh, was I know there. Leslie Jones didn't write that. <laughs> yeah, I just, really. I love so much about that. Like, I love Hillary's, um, like, my dad did a thing, and he was relatable. My human father was relatable, and I am relatable. And I, I love that. Like, yeah. okay, Mr. Trump, the floor is yours. Here's the thing about the blacks. <laughs> That was good. That's good. I like it. Yeah. And I thought it was fair to like everyone. In, and the reason it was so good is because is it was pretty close to a lot of the things that were said, to be honest. I mean, even the you're wrong, <laughs> shut up, warmer, you know, that kind of stuff. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. So he was doing that. Oh, come on, man. Don't don't do that next time. I saw. I uh, oh, that was the other oh. thing in the debate. He he did interrupt way too damn way much. Way too much. Way. Yeah. Way, way, way. He, you got to defeat he that like petty. bully perception. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He looked really petty. Yeah. Just keep your mouth shut. And she did a really good job of letting him say whatever and just being like, you know, like acting like she was thoughtfully listening while just rehearsing what she was going to say. And he, here's he needs the thing, a little more of that. Here's the thing that kind of worries me is I saw uh, on Facebook this morning a Breitbart post with this Saturday Night Live bit. And there's about seven more minutes of it if people want to go catch the rest of it. It's all pretty good. Those were my favorite moments. But there were people in the Breitbart post on Facebook being like, oh, yeah, typical liberal propaganda. It's clearly slanted. And it's like, I don't know, man. The jokes were pretty evenly split. And the thing yeah, I hate yeah. about the SJWs is they can't laugh at themselves at all. Like, if you can't laugh yeah. at that aspect of Trump, I don't know. You kind of piss me off, to be honest. Got a little bit of a horseshoe theory going on there. Hmm. Just a little bit on the right. I don't know. Brian, did you think it was unfair to uh, our Lord and Savior? Liberal media uh, exists, and it's a real thing. And Saturday Night Live is part of that. Yeah, he, they made funny Trump jokes, and they made some Hillary stuff like that. But it's just reinforcing negative stereotypes that are already out there coming from liberal media about Donald Trump. So I don't watch SNL because it hasn't been funny for a while. But uh, that was pretty funny. I watched when Donald Trump was on, you know, because he could he – could, he could be on anything and I'd watch it. Uh, but you, you got to understand that they're still coming from a liberal bias because all art and Ben Shapiro, to his credit, did write a book about this. Uh, all art and TV uh, has a liberal slant to it because who are the people that are making it? They're typically liberals. You never you never meet like, hey, uh, what do you do? I'm a painter. Really? How do you vote? Republican. Like, we met one besides in George Bush. What about yeah, me? Just... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And blonde. I didn't know. Uh, typically, the ones that are that are doing this, just uh, they're lefties, and that's fine. We just yeah. need to be able to identify it. We can laugh at ourselves, dwellers. but we need to identify it. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of four hundred pound hackers living in their mom's basement. I couldn't believe he said that. I, I mean, it made that. me want to stand up and I, cheer, but I, I laughed I, I was so hard. I do. I couldn't tell if he was joking or serious, but I didn't care. <laughs> the fat backlash never came that I was expecting. No, no, it did. Did you see? Um, oh, did it? What's her face? Lindy West, who oh, who has me blocked, she has me blocked on, on Twitter. Yeah, which yeah, she has me blocked, Sweet but right still um, uh, patrols my tweets because she took a screen cap of one of my tweets, being like, "I can't believe this bleepity bleep fat bleepity bleep has me blocked, uh, blocked, and I didn't even, and I've never even said anything to her." 
so her response, and it was covered today in Sargon's uh, This Week in Stupid, was she's trying to mobilize the fat vo- voting block against Donald Trump because he had this 400-pound comment. So now there's like there's uh, like the, the African American voting block and the gay voting block and the this and the that and there's the fat voting block too. I like block. that you use the word mobilize. She's trying to. She is. Read her piece. You can find it in the Guardian. I don't I don't have they the link will not handy, be but... mobilized. Oh, oh, that's what you meant. They've got the I little guess. scooters though. They're oh, very mobile true. in those. Yeah. They have a mobility <laughs> impairment, dude. They will not be mobilized. I got you. I got you. Uh, okay, so we're about out of time. Do you want to see the Hillary shimmy, or should we axe it? It's like a it's like a minute of cringe. Do you want more cringe? I know I've overloaded you a little bit, but Bryden uh, put it on my radar. Up and to I you, Bryden. It's bad. Watch it if you'd like. All right, all right. I don't think bad. I'll make it all the way through, but this is you know uh, to Bryden's point. Stop. I think you say stop trying to make Hillary a thing. She will never be a thing. That's what this is doing. The Hillary shimmy song after the debate. HRC, shimmy, 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 shimmy. This dude is coming at me. I just smile and let him be. The dude brought his own robe. He put the bullet in the gun, so I'm just gonna shimmy. Hillary shimmy. Okay. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Okay, that's all. That's all I can do. But wasn't he right about that? Murders in urban centers are actually up. So, I mean, mm-hmm. not that I am going to critique Wrong. this for factual accuracy, but I, I will say it's it's well produced. I mean, it is a well produced song. Yeah, yeah, George Soros has got a lot of money. He can hire the right people. <laughs> <laughs> Who made that? Um, I don't know what channel it's on right at the moment, um, but it is called the Hillary Shimmy Song. Oh, and man. I should be careful about how much I play too, because that's one of the. They're probably the type of people who would see us and file a copyright strike or something. So. Yeah, really. <laughs> you cucks will lose the meme war. I'm sorry. Just don't even try it. Oh like, yeah, you <laughs> that... can't do it. The day of the rope will come for Hillary, and the internet will bring it. So. It's uh, that that war, that aspect of this campaign was already decided. And they clearly uh, conceded. They wove the white flag when they put up all the anti-Pepe stuff. I mean, that was them being like, we don't understand the Internet. We're not going to try. We're going to appeal to old ladies afraid of those memes on the interwebs, you know. So <laughs> Those memes. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, this week we had the ADL, the, the Anti-Defamation League coming out and... Uh, I think you did a show on that too, right, Brian? Yeah, that'll be up today. Oh, I did a a video on it, but the show will be up today. Uh, They're just insane people. And, um, you know, I went to that. and All I will say is I went to that page um, and the Pepe's on it. I'm just going to be honest. They were funny. The Pepe's (laughs) that they say are the most hateful. They were funny. And I laughed (laughs) and I maybe saved a few, you know? (laughs) They're Pepe's I'd never seen before. No uh, Pepe's. It is funny that the ADL will say, Pepe, oh, that's a that's a white supremacist hate symbol. And it's like, well, I've seen Milo of Pepe's and he's a gay Jew. So right. I I don't I don't think that it's I mean, you could make Pepe in anything. I'm sure I've seen Bernie Pepe's. I'm sure there's some Merkel Pepe's. That's uh, it, it's they're reaching. It's silly. The ADL is yeah. a silly group. Uh, Chris Reagan did a big video on it too. And it's like the, the point, it, it is a template. Uh, you construct things with templates in the same way the alphabet is. I mean, it's just the same logic to me to say that the alphabet is white supremacist because it can be used to construct right. white supremacist right. messages. So yeah. fuck the alphabet. It's a hate mechanism. Nonsense. Okay. But we're, we're over time. It's been a good show, a fun show, a great show, terrific show. The best, I would say best ever. Name a better one. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, unless uh, you guys have any other points you want to get to, I will round it out. Nope. I'm good. All Bryden. Right. All good. Well, thank you kindly to our guest, Bryden Proctor, uh, not just for being a great guest and for being a supportive friend of the show, but as I mentioned, for nudging me 
to the light of day, away from the uh, progressive disease. You are like my yep. salvation Pepe. I remember you sent me that Pepe long ago with him saving the Bernie bro, and I still have that one. <laughs> uh, you can find his show linked in the description. You can uh, harass him on Twitter, at Bryden's Not Funny. I suggest doing that. It's really fun. Um, thank, thanks, as always, to our live viewers and our live chatters uh, who keep us honest shit posting away while we try to maintain some level of sincerity. Remember, there's also... Uh, bonus material including our new call-in shows on the audio platforms of the show that's itunes soundcloud podbean stitcher all linked conveniently in the description you can subscribe to them for free and get more of the show you can also email us that's beauty and the beta at gmail.com questions requests or suggestions we'll take them there we'll be back next sunday because if it's sunday sorry chuck todd it is not meet the press it is beauty and the beta we'll see you then I'm here without her away, but he's still with me in my dreams. And tonight, it's her away, me. Oh, yeah. Ah, the show's over. Take us out, Elisa Machado. <laughs> so sad. So, so sad. sad. So sad.